Welcome to Build to Lead, forming the healthcare leaders of tomorrow. Back at you for season three. There's no denying that the last two to three years have been tough, and news cycles continue to report on the doom and gloom happening at home and abroad. And today, we want to take a breather from that and reflect on something more positive joy. But what is joy? Joy is energy. Joy is resistance. Joy is being in your mojo. Let's learn together on season three of Built to Lead, getting back to joy. Welcome listeners to Built to Lead, season three, episode four, Relationships and Joy, part one. I'm Matthew. And I'm Mubin. And today we're going to be diving into joy as it is impacted by our relationships. So the question is, how do relationships impact joy? Once again, we're turning to Melissa Madison and Mikey Newhouse and their explanation in positive psychology. Humans are social creatures at our heart, no matter how introverted or extroverted we may be. In PERMA, it is suggested that joy comes in part from the value, love, and support we received from these connections. That joy coming from relationships is also a two-way street, and providing that value, love, and support enthusiastically in turn also increases our own feelings of satisfaction and joy. We can expand our feelings of satisfaction in relationships by growing both the breadth and depth of the relationships in our lives. And our guest for the next two episodes is Angela Robertson, Executive Director of the Parkdale Queen West Community Health Center in Midwest Toronto an activist and change maker first and foremost. Angela really challenged us in our interview with her. It went in a different direction than Mobin and I were expecting and had us considering relationships and community in a new light. It brings us such joy to be able to share such a powerful conversation with you. Today, we're going to tune into that first part of the interview with Angela, where we talk about what joy is to her and the importance of relationships informing her viewpoints around making change and finding joy while doing so. Let's listen in. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Angela Robertson to help us dive into a conversation on relationships and joy and how we can further relationships to improve happiness in our work and personal lives. Angela Robertson is the Executive Director of Parkdale Queen West Community Health Center. Parkdale Queen West is a community-based health service organization serving Mid and West Toronto. Angela is dedicated to people and communities facing discrimination, poverty, and marginalization, and working to change those social conditions. She is a founding member of Blockorama, which focuses on forging spaces for Black and other racialized LGBTQ plus peoples and allies in Toronto's pride and has served on numerous community boards, including Black Coalition for AIDS Prevention, HouseLink, and Stephen Lewis Foundation. Angela has been recognized for her social justice work by the YMCA, Fred Victor Center, and Urban Alliance on Race Relations, Now Magazine, and was honored by York University in 2017 with an honorary Doctorate of Laws degree for her social justice work. In response to the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on racialized and low-income populations, Angela initiated and co-chaired a Black Health Equity Working Group on health sector experts, leaders, practitioners, and researchers concerned with the improving and health and well-being of Black people. 
for her work. She was recognized by the Alliance with the Denise Brooks Equity Champion Award and the Pillar of the Pandemic Recognition Award from the University of Toronto's Dalana School of Public Health. Angela, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Good to be here. It's it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us on Built to Lead. And honestly, I want to ask you the big question that we're going to be focusing on throughout the entire question and also to get to learn from you a little bit more. But the first question to initiate it all is, Angela, what brings you joy? Um, you know, I may, I, I, may, I may take you completely off course, um, but hopefully you'll bring me back because um, for me, um, what brings me joy is, is justice. Because I think um, in order for me to have joy, I need to see joy in others around me. The communities and the people who, with whom I work face significant inequality. As a Black person, we face systemic discrimination, anti-Black racism. And therefore, for me, joy is very political. So, so, so that gives me joy. Justice gives me joy. Um, I think the other piece that that gives me joy as well is seeing joy in people around me because the places where I work, my interests and values in the work, um, in the world and work means um, doing battle um, and making good trouble as, um, you know, social justice, civil rights activist John Lewis um, framed. So in, in the work of making good trouble is it means that um, we are often pressed up against sites of tension and conflict. And, and there is really no liberation struggle that is successful that doesn't have joy in it. And therefore, seeing joy in others around me who are making good trouble brings me joy as well. Oh, I absolutely love that. And I can hear the sense of an appreciation towards community and the alliance of peoples in your answer. Like I can hear that you're very much devoted. What brings you joy is what you truly put all of your energy into. Um, kind of following up to that question and, and from your story, a little bit of the story that you've shared. If we want to dive a little deeper, I want to ask, what's the story behind when you first discovered this joy? Um, just taking us back a little bit. Ah. Uh. You know, I live, um, I, I, you know, I grew up, I'm a child from Jamaica, so I'm an immigrant to this country. I came here um, 81 after growing up with grandmothers, after my mother came here as part of the Caribbean domestic workers scheme to be part of that cadre of women from the Caribbean, largely black women from the Caribbean, who came here to do domestic um, living work. So growing up with grandmothers, there was lots of laughter. And even in the middle of struggle, there was laughter. And, and I've always felt that that was, that growing up with that kind of laughter and the laughter of old black women is deep joy, you know? Um, so, so I feel like I grew up with deep joy, even in the midst of material deprivation. And, and that for me is, is kind of the genesis, um, for me of an appreciation for that kind of joy, because what that kind of joy in terms of that, that I call it the old black woman joy, what the old black woman joy for me always remind me of is that we have made it and that we still have 
humanity intact because poverty, racism, sexism can really rob you of humanity. And, it's a, and it can be a daily grind. And that when you are robbed of humanity, you also lose the ability to be joyful. And um, so that all black women joy and that black woman joy, that all black woman joy, I think is, is, is my early grounding in, in joy, but also the early grounding in, in joy as political, in joy as resistance to something that I couldn't name. I didn't have language for it as a young girl growing up with these grandmothers, but I've come later to appreciate that really their joy was, you know, a thumbnail to, uh, or a, you know, a, 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 an, an FU. Um, I'll, mm. I'll be mindful on your program. Um, it was an FU to to all that would seek to dehumanize them. Yeah. I love everything that you just said. And just, um, I think we need to put something there, like the old black woman joy. I think that needs to be like a Tyre Perry movie. <laughs> so like, that's like a perfect title right there. So we'll just hold that, uh, pitch that. We, might we have to, to Hollywood soon. We have to trademark that before others do. I leave that with you, Matthew. I leave that exactly. with you, Matthew. <laughs> but I love what you were saying too, because you brought it right back to what we're talking about today, relationships. You talked about like that tension, even in the conflict, there is laughter. So those relationships do play a, a part in joy. So what are those relationships in life? Because you did speak about it a bit, but what are those relationships in your life that bring you the most joy, let's say now in a professional life setting? And mm -hmm. what is it that you get from them that actually brings you this joy? So in a professional setting, it is doing, you know, and, and you know, folks may find it somewhat boring, but it's doing the work that makes a difference. Doing the work that says we are here for something bigger than ourselves. And in the time that we have here, we must use it wisely for something that is bigger than ourselves. Because really, as we come to awareness about the material conditions of populations facing systemic oppression, is that our work, therefore, is to interrupt and leave the space better than how we found it. So, 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 so in my work, I feel um, in all of the places that I have worked, I have strived to do that. And that, that, that I think, brings joy. And I think it, it cultivates a zeal to do more of that when you get even small wins, right? You, I think for me, for, for, for me, it does that. The other thing that I think in terms of relationships is finding community and making the work of bringing joy as justice, joy as resistance, you know, joy as resiliency and all of those things. And, and that it doesn't need to come from the workplace. It doesn't, it, it doesn't need to be confined. The work doesn't need to be confined to the workplace. And therefore, the work that we do in community to make community better and different. So, for example, the, the networks that, you know, I've been a part of that created um, Blockorama, the, um, a space for Black queer folks to, to be present um, at Pride in our proud selves. Like that was a, that that remains a network that brings joy. And I think that there is always that we should always find space to build networks and or to be attached to networks because I think they inspire and can feed us 
positively, and they have certainly fed me um, and continue to feed me positively. The other piece in, in the professional work as well, or professional space, is the, the need for me to always find a place where I can work and live my values. And when those two things for me are aligned, is the work no longer becomes labor. You know, like there's work that is labor and there's work that is transformative, um, that is energizing. And I think when the values are aligned with the work, the paid work is, um, there's a particular joy that makes coming to work in terms of a wonderful thing and not a joyful thing. Yeah, that's, I know that's, that's some great stuff that you just shared with us too. And it's evident that you are living this um, and just setting example as a leader in the community, because there's so many things that you've, you've been set up and so many networks that you've developed and a lot of these life transforming programs for a wide variety of groups. So even on a personal note, uh, what did relationships play in being able to actually achieve all this? Relationships for me has always been important. You know, a funny story um, is, so I came here 81. I went to high school, Central Commerce, for people who are in the Toronto space, um, Shaw and Harvard. And in high school, I met two of women who inspired me. So um, one, Debbie Douglas, and another, Carol Allen. Their inspiration to me ended up with me joining what was called then the Black Women's Collective, a network of Black women doing um, social change advocacy work in the city. And that was joyful work. And it was also in high school that I met a number of um, other Black students as a newcomer to this country in 81. And what is a lovely thing for me around relationships is I knew Debbie in 81 and Debbie and I are friends today, 2022, and great collaborators. Same with Carol Allen. And um, in 81, a group of um, Black students who we were part of the same cadre of groups together throughout high school, grade 13, is that we moved together as a group. And um, most of us went to York University together and spent time there. And in that moment there together in university deepened our activism as student activists and, you know, then rebels in the school, in the, in the academy at York um, doing kind of organizing and activist work. So relationships for me are important and that they sustain over years, they sustain and grow. And so, so that for me, it was always something that I keep remembering that the joy also comes through the knowing and through the years of knowing, you can have joy with people um, and deep joy because there's also a history of trust. Mm -hmm. um, because you don't necessarily always have joy with people you don't know and people you don't trust. And I have had the fortune of having that those kinds of networks over the years. Um, and I think that is so tremendously important. Yeah, I love how you brought that up because that's something we're going to discuss too. And in some of the articles that we have, like what does community, how does community actually relate to joy. And even just thinking about your activism, um, I was just even watching one year, 2020, the Black Symposium, you talked about allyship, and that is a relationship uh, that you do need to have. And in terms of 
understanding like there is a time where you might need them to speak uh, for you. So not necessarily taking your voice. So how does that work in terms of building those type of relationships and networks? So you built it with, let's say your friends, uh, your community, and then now we need to build it with a network outside of our own. So how does that mm -hmm. work? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, um, so, so again, if we, if we see, um, and I see joy and happiness as, as political things, they're political ways of being in the world. And therefore, if from the lens I reside where um, joy and happiness, things like joy and happiness are political is therefore things like building alliances, building coalitions become part of what is necessary to spread joy. And particularly, again, I say, if you see joy as political, so therefore alliance building, coalition building has been kind of part of my, my DNA because when I was a young um, high school student, joined the Black Women's Collective and uh, as I said, a feminist collective here in the city, and much of the foundational um, activist work that we did in the Black Women's Collective was building coalition. So around racism and police violence, um, it was coalition with other anti-poverty activists, um, with other racialized groups, with um, feminist um, collectives, with labor movements, with workers' rights and workers' activists. So, so, so for me, coalition building and alliance building can only mean deepening the, the spreading of joy. Again, if you see joy as justice and political. One thing that's made kind of one thing that is clear for me, at least when you're talking and you're talking about joy is that I come to realize that joy is not static. It's very dynamic and, and it's very dependent. So joy in itself is dependent on other facets and co-founders that build either can make it or, or, or break it in some form yes. of way. It's very yes. clear because, yes. because so yeah, no, please. No, 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 go on, go on. You, you, you've brought me to a place of eagerness. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and so, because I loved when you, when you said, if only if joy and happiness are political, then this is your approach. Then your approach yes. is then to alliance build, coalition build, community build, collective build. But if it's not political, then there's a different avenue for that. I'd love to hear, your thoughts. I'd love to hear yeah. your thoughts on and that. If it's not political, then it becomes somewhat self-indulgent with the, with, with the individual being purely at the center, right? So it's about my comfort, my desires, how, and, and, and my joy isn't connected to other people's joy or unhappiness. Um, it's really about me, and it, it's very—it becomes very individualistic, which is really capital, yeah. Because a lot of the commercials and a lot of the things that we see in popular culture and in this society is telling us that we must be in pursuit of our joy, like right, like we must find our joy. And I'm saying, you know, I don't buy this BS about my joy because if my joy comes at the expense of somebody else, then there should be no joy in that. There should be no joy in that. If I am happy, 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 and all around me, there are people who are dispossessed and in pain, then there, there really is no joy in that. And, and, and I should take no joy from having joy 
and looking and seeing dispossession around me. So, so that's what I mean about um, joy being political. And, and, and you, you, you know, because you inspire me so much with this question around joy, because I came to the conversation thinking, oh my God, am I going to talk about joy? What am I going to say? Oh, my wreckage. What I have to say may not necessarily resonate because I think that there are people who are seen as deserving of joy and other people who are seen as, well, why are you happy? So this is a question that black people get asked all the time. Racialized people, people who face marginalization and oppression, who laugh in the face of this, get asked all the time, well, why are you so happy? Black people are always laughing. Well, yeah, because you have not robbed us. White supremacy has not robbed us of our humanity. So we will continue to joy and we will continue to laugh in the face of this BS. Yeah. So, so anytime that question get posed, I always think, hmm, so you think that there are certain people who should not have joy. Yeah. Um, and, and those people who shouldn't have joy or whose joy gets questioned or is suspect are oftentimes the people who are oppressed. Because it's like the system oppress you and then turn around and ask you, so why are you so happy? Because we're, we're really busy trying to make you unhappy. So why are you so unhappy? And we are so happy because you will not win. Mm. Yeah. So, so this is, um, I really do. I really, really, really do see joy as resistance. You know, I really do see joy as resistance. Pride being, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a black person at pride is resistance. Um, I do see black joy as resistance. I see LGBTQ joy as resistance. I see low income and poor people's joy as resistance. You know, I see immigrants and refugee joy as resistance. I see indigenous people's joy as resistance to anti-indigenous hate and, and against really a pushback against white supremacy and, 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 and all of the things that would seek to dehumanize us. Yeah, that's 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 how I come at this thing called joy and and happiness. And I hope I, you know, I'm not throwing you completely off the rails. No, you're not. You're not. I, I don't know. So the audience, of course, cannot see us because this is an audible experience. But throughout this entire thing, I'm going, my hmms are out there. My claps are out there and my snaps are out there. And, and Matt, I know your eyes lit up a lot of the times. So I know you're feeling the same way. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Matthew. Looking back on that discussion, what do you think? <laughs> what do I think? Justice. Joy is <laughs> justice. Joy is resistance. I don't know if you know this, but the revolution will not be televised. But just honestly, though, I'm <laughs> speechless because I think I'm just ready to take action. The way she has blown our relationships to be just so community oriented and focus on finding true joy by making sure others are just as joyful as us. I think that's just important. It really just gets to the heart of how relationships can be so foundational to joy. And when we think of relationships, we often are quick to consider the value it ultimately brings us, but not really focusing on others. But first, I think it shows us that it allows us to get to that joy on such a deeper level when we are putting others first. And if you thought she brought great takes to this conversation, 
you must wait until you see how she flips the articles on their heads in the next week's episode. I know our listeners will be grinning from ear to ear after that. Yes, for sure. And thanks for joining us. We hope it brought you a little bit of joy today. See you next episode. And until then, we wish you a smile, a laugh, and joy. Thank you for joining us on Built to Lead, Season 3, Getting Back to Joy. Built to Lead is created and hosted by Matthew Goldberg and co-hosted by Mubin Lalani. Built to Lead is a companion podcast to the Vernissage Health Dialogue Series at the Institute of Health Policy, Management, and Evaluation at the University of Toronto. Tell us what you thought about this week's episode. You can find us on LinkedIn at Vernissage Health and on Instagram at Vernissage Health. You'll find both of these in the episode description. Today's episode was produced by Hannah Hodgins and Tony DeShenza with music composed by Sindhu. Special thanks to Wendy Nelson, Senior Fellow at the Institute for Health Policy Management and Evaluation.